This is a special bonus episode of Many Realms in support of the R Stores Kickstarter in partnership with Sandy Pug Games. Three very cool games from the RPG Southeast Asian community have been bundled into one convenient Kickstarter, and you should definitely check them out, no matter when you listen to this. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for more details. Hello everyone, my name is Jordan, and I today am playing Louis Stephenson, and it is wonderful to be here. Hey, my name is Eli, and I play Freddy Encarnacion, and it's good to be here. Hi, my name's Jesse. I play Evie Ramos, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Jillian. I play Tangerine Wanda. It is good to be here. Hi, guys. I'm Wax, and I'm the Arbiter. Welcome to Many Realms. Designed by Joaquin Saavedra, a.k.a. Wax, a Filipino designer, writer, all-around cool cat. And illustrated by Misael Gio Manning, a Filipino-Canadian concept artist and illustrator. Let's jump into the game. So Maharlika is a techno-mystic science fantasy mecha RPG that's inspired by Filipino mythology centered around mecha, or mechanized weapons, and their pilots, the eponymous Maharlika. You guys will be playing as these titular spirit warriors that all swear loyalty to Adatu so that you can protect the techno-spiritual galaxy known as Archipelago. As a Maharlika, you are going to venture out into space where you'll take on dangerous missions, fight for your ideals, and all that rad space warrior stuff. So in this particular adventure that you guys will be going through, you guys have been told by this um, SDSK. So SDSK is Sandatang Sangkatauhan, which kind of means humanity weapon or mankind weapon. And uh, they're basically like the military faction of Maharlika. And you've been given this mission by that by an SDSK broker named Halmista, who is this old and tired and rugged old woman that you can kind of rely on. And you've been told there is a space station in the border marches of SDSK territory called Hudyat ng Wakas. But uh, real quick, it's just called Hudyat. This space station used to be a stopover point for mercenaries and travelers and merchants on their way to BA territory. BA is the faction that is Bakunawang Armasan. They're kind of like the alien lovers faction. They like putting alien parts on their mecha. Being of SDSK build, the SDSK wanted you guys to investigate if there are any still living beings in the space station because they are planning to reuse the construction materials. So we begin with you guys in the vastness and blackness of space in a very kind of like Star Wars fashion. Your ship like comes into view. It's this more or less just like a small uh, trader class ship that you guys were um, were loaned by SDSK. There's only four of you in this ship. 
and this ship is being autopiloted by uh, a ship Diwata. So Diwata, think of them as just like artificial intelligence, but they're spirits. So they control both mecha as well as ships and you know more advanced computers in, in the setting. So the Diwata has given you your you know your coordinates are set, your ETA is given. You'll be getting there in a few more hours. And uh, as that's happening, you know the camera, of course, kind of like flashes into the into the into the ship's interior, and we see Tangerine. Tangerine, what would you be doing right now in the ship? Probably swinging my axe around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm axe girl. <laughs> so nice. your mech your mecha has an axe, and you also have an axe. Yeah, that's my melee weapon. Personal branding is important. Mm-hmm. Who or what is most important to you? My weapon. <laughs> my axe is my best friend. We understand each other. <laughs> Can you uh, give like a real quick physical description of Tangerine? Sure. I think for branding purposes, Tangerine <laughs> she has... looks like a giant axe. <laughs> yeah. No, I think she has like a cool asymmetrical bob of bright orange hair and wears like... Hot tactical gear, all black. Very on brand, yeah. You have like an axe hair hairstyle. It's chopped, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> it does right, everything. All right. So as Tangerine is swinging her axe around, presumably to, you know, get the muscles ready for the mission. Absolutely. Louis, what are you doing right now? Where are you in the ship? Uh, I'd be reading whatever the equivalent of Sherlock Holmes is. Space Sherlock, yeah. Sherlock. Why would sure, it be like Sherlock? Because I don't know. That's what I just thought. And, and Louis is. I actually would like to because you mentioned that there's uh, a faction that has like alien parts that are essentially mixed in with tech. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is there any equivalent for that in terms of more of just like a human-sized thing? It would be pretty great if he had like one hand that's kind of, you know, this interesting tech-slash-alien technology thing so that he's a bit more dexterous with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You have that. Nice. Have that. So one of your hands has been replaced by, uh, in this setting, they're called Xeno beings because okay. like, they're beings and they're like other beings. What, what does it look like? Is it like a... Is it like made of wood? Is it like made of like alien skin? Oh, I didn't think wood. I love that. I love if it was like what would be considered like something that would be dumb. Like it would just be non-functional. <laughs> Don't worry. But, but if it was something that like was non-functional, but then with this like alien, uh, I guess, tech or, or organism attached to it, it's like more miraculously able to achieve things. And if it's like wood, it's like all stained and kind of gross. And then kind of, I'd say if it's wood, then towards the fingers, they're probably like filed down to be something that could actually, you know, get into things and hold them better because otherwise it'd be really blocky and hard to grab things. Since it's a, since it's Ceno wood, would you think there would be like flowers growing on it or like grass? Yes, it'd be also great. What? This is cool. wonderful. <laughs> so like little, like there's a whole little like biome on my arm. That's great. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I read with that hand. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's, he's like a very tall, lanky uh, individual who he's got a nice, sweet, long flowing lab coat um, and kind of like shoulder length 
longer, disheveled black hair. It's kind of like if you could imagine the hair equivalent of his arm where it's like the arm is pretty because of all the things that have kind of seeped into it. But his hair is more just like matted and unkempt because he treats his hair the same way he treats his arm. And uh, yeah, he's got his feet kicked up and he's reading. It's weird, like Howl's moving space (laughs) detection. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's perfect. Um, AV, you see Louis reading Howl's moving space detective. What are you doing right now? And uh, how, how do you look like? Evie is the mechanic. She is uh, short and tiny. She has kind of a messy, like jaw length chop of black hair. I think right now she is probably sprawled along the stairs of the hangar. And um, (laughs) in my equipment, I brought a uh, Kamsa mini balete and uh, a pada. Can I be looking at memes? Yeah, definitely. I'm checking out some space memes, just kind of scrolling <laughs> on the stairs, watching uh, Wanda swing her axe around and watching Louie read non-meme literature, <laughs> which is foreign to me. All right. And finally, uh, Freddy, where are you in the in the ship right now and what are you doing? Uh, Freddy is probably in some sort of common space, checking on his socials, you know, uh, can't update where they are because that would compromise things, but is like interacting every chance. Everything is a chance to network. And is is Evie around? You just got a, a meme that I sent you that I thought you would like. Nice. Freddie gives it a good, a good hearty chuckle. Freddie is um, tall uh, with tan skin and a very charming boyish face. Um, handsome incarnate. He has... Um, Pushback hair that is dyed blonde, but the black roots are are starting to show through. Ah, all right. So as you guys are going about your 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 pregame, your pre-mission um, routine, you are alerted by the ship's duwata. It says, "Alert, objective inbound. Please report to the ship's bridge." Uh, Evie gets it while she's uh, going through her memes. Unfortunately. That's fine. I work hard and I play hard. If it's time to do the job, I'll spring to my feet and head to the bridge. Uh, as you arrive at the bridge, you know, the the feeds, the visual feeds of the ship appears in front of you. And it shows you the front of the ship, of the trader class ship that you're riding on right now. And you see this rectangular-ish structure with like fading red paint on it. From the distance, you can see like the numbers and designations that is um, emblematic of SDSK. Um, the ship's Dewata says, The objective can now be seen in the visual feed. Welcome to SDSK space station Hujat Nang Mukas, otherwise known as Hujat. The ship slowly enters into its arrival um, bay, to its hangar bay. It's open. The ship flies in. The four of you who are still on the visual feed notice that there are some old SDSK ships in here. They seem like they haven't been touched in, you know, in years. When the ship lands and then, you know, the door opens and the the, the stairs are rolled down, you're, you, can, you can hear your footsteps echo. This is kind of spooky. How long has uh, Hujet been abandoned? That information was not given to you by the broker. Is that 
normal? For a spaceship space station to be abandoned? No, no. For us to just like be going in with so little information. Yeah, for SDSK at least, for their older kind of like equipment, they don't have all the knowledge because there was the megacorp wars in the past. So that might have been during that time, and you know, a lot of information got destroyed, a lot of data got lost. Freddy never betrays his fear. And while a little bit spooked himself, he's definitely not as brave as he puts on. He tries to make some conversation. Evie, do you think there's anything here that you'd be able to scrap? Looks like there's some uh, interesting parts. Actually, yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a look at these older SDSK ships and seeing if they have anything to offer. I have a lore question. Sure, go ahead. Um, So if all these ships have Diwata, how long did would that like stay in a ship if it's been abandoned ship diwata usually have like a lifespan of 50 to 100 um functional years after which the sort of like chamber that keeps them in if it's not regularly maintained by shamans it like breaks open and the spirit goes back to the spirit world so you can find you can you can also look around if you want to see if there are any Duwata left in the ship. Or, you know, uh, since everything has a Duwata, the space station itself might have um, a Duwata surrounding it. I'm sorry, are Duwata, are are they like sentient? Do they have desires or or no? Um, Duwata can have desires, but not all of them do. You know, it's like a per per Duwata basis. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, if this is literally like a ship full of weird spirit ghosts. <laughs> oh, there's ghosts, baby. Evie, you were trying to sift through the uh, the ships, if there's anything that you can... Yeah, primarily focusing on salvage, but also any clues if I come across them. I'll let you roll real quick so that you can... Everyone knows how to roll uh, as a Maharlika. So Maharlika rolls, rolls differently from uh, Mecha. Maharlika rolls are more narrative so think of them more like powered by the apocalypse or or blades in the dark kind of kind of rolls roll 1d10 and then if any trait is relevant to what you're doing you can add that you can tell it to me evie is from atanara she is like a tinkerer a mechanic an inventor so i don't know if you would uh, allow for that to assist me in searching for salvage but i would love a little bit of boost to open up my first <laughs> role in this game that would yeah that's perfect um, so if you have a trait that's relevant, you get to roll with plus one suerte. So suerte means, you know, luck. If you roll with suerte, you add another d10. So you roll two d10 and then choose the higher one. Let's do it. Okay, that's a six. Six, all right. Which I think is maybe just barely a pass. Yeah, six is a partial success. You go around the ship, you open ships. Some ships are already open. There's some dust that has settled when you walk into the, into some of them. And eventually, you do find uh, there's still some working um, equipment that's, like, hidden away in, like, trays and, and box and, and reserve crates. You find an SDSK item, actually, called Lunas. So the SDSK Lunas is a line of battle meds uh, made by SDSK themselves. Whenever you use this, you can restore your Maharlika's ST or stability. 
So that's kind of like the HP and the setting. Additionally, you do find a broken uh, Diwata cage in, in one of the uh, ships. So yeah, you walk out, you know, you have that in your hands. What do you do? Hey kids, I found some candy. Great work. Is uh, is Evie like new to this? Um, yeah, I think she's a she's a, a newer Maharlika. I think she tries to keep like a very like bright tone as she's on a mission, and she also has some like healing abilities. So I think she'll hang on to the battle meds and she'll say, um, "If any of you get in a scrape, I'm your girl." Abandoned, dusty old meds. Well. I think if I'm in a scrape, I will take a pass, Evie, if that's okay with you. Uh, go whittle your hand. Freddy says, well, <laughs> I'm not going to say no to any meds, dusty or not, so thank you. The expiry's not for two more years. What's wrong with you guys? You never took strange drugs you found on a ship before? <laughs> Abandoned ship, in which we don't know what happened. <laughs> Could... Derelict drugs are the best. Could be death by drugs, we don't know. All right. Uh, how about Tangerine? How is Tangerine uh, reacting to all this? I think Tangerine is a very uh, guarded person. So I think she's she's very much like anticipating that anything could be jumping out from behind a ship or a crate or whatever at any turn. So she's probably like, do you three want to keep it down? Uh, why are you afraid of something going to jump out and attack you, Tangy? Hey, if that happens, are you ready? Freddy shouts, I don't think anyone's here, here, here. <laughs> well, only one way to find out. Uh, I, I, I set off. I'll follow. Yeah, we're, we're going exploring. All right. As you guys walk deeper, so there's like, you know, like a hallway that leads deeper into the space station. And eventually you find uh, you know, a, a large hall. Um, that's been kind of like titled Arrival Quarters. And as you arrive at the Arrival Quarters, you find that there are many left behind stalls and booths. Like the kind you'd see at like a night market, but like imagine a night market without lights and people. There's still some leftover oil that was supposed to like cook, you know, street fried chicken or something. There's some unclean takoyaki stands. There's some clothes that are like you know they're still for sale like they're still just hanging there it feels like the people here or that used to be here suddenly just left everything behind somehow as you you know walk through this this arrival quarters you know surrounded by the echoes of the past choking and haunting only ones privy to this knowledge are the cockroaches and spiders that have found a way to survive in the stagnant air recycled within. Louis finds a map, kind of like pinned between uh, booths, as if it's like, you know, an afterthought. Like they got the map and they kind of like shoved it in there. You find it and it looks more like a brochure for an amusement park. It says that the arrival quarters leads to the, to the main um, sort of recreational living area in the middle of the space station. And it's filled with numerous landmarks and attractions. So there's uh, five major uh, landmarks that you can go to. Um, there is the Tutu Bee Diner. Um, there is the Mother Tree in the middle of the, of the space station. There is the hangar 
which you would assume would have you know the mecca within there's the park and then there is the guardian room uh since we only have so little time with these characters i'm making bold choices uh, i've decided that louis now has a particular like plant growth on his arm that he believes to be like sentient although it's never given any indication of that he's named it christian and so as he walks in he's like christian do you see this it's some kind of fair or something seems like it could be a lot of fun in its day now see i can take people going missing uh, ships breaking down but a takoyaki stand unmanned un un unconsumed is i don't i don't know christian and sits down as he looks at the brochure on said stand is this a new growth uh no it, it would have been like i think it's like one of the firsts that has now you know flourished into just like it's probably like a flower of some kind that uh, definitely can't hear him yeah 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 hey detective you find anything good uh, because i'm a detective i'm innately gifted at making paper airplanes and so i right, paper right. airplane the brochure and throw it at you and it uh comes up about 10 feet short i decided i decided i also <laughs> You're yeah, I, okay. I, 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 I quickly was like, wait a minute, never mind. And uh, that was my self-perception. That was role-playing. I thought it was really good, and I just went for it. <laughs> a little master class. Um, Lord, okay. Um, sure. Wanda will uh, snatch up the brochure, open it up. Well, lots of places to go. Um, where should we go first? I think sometimes, surprisingly, Freddy takes his Maharlika duties seriously. Um, <laughs> and he wants to get down to business. First, he wants to um, maybe go to the mother tree and pay some respects. Sure. Um, also, does it does it look like people calmly exited the arrival quarters? Or is, are things like tossed and jostled like people were running out of here? No. Everything... It's kind of like, you know, they're in place. Okay, like the people just like disappeared and everything has just stayed there. Yeah, as if the rapture happened. Got it. Okay, to the mother tree. All right, so you guys walk out into the like main recreational area, the living space in the middle of the space station. You know, it's large, imagine like, like Central Park, kind of like that. Um, and in the middle of it is, well, it's supposed to be the mother tree. Uh, but the first thing you notice is that it's been cut down. Well, not cut down, more like it broke in half, like it snapped in half. But this is a thick tree, right? It's a giant tree. It snapped in half, fell to its side. On top of the mother tree, you can see the mini sun that provided the warmth for the people here in the space station, kind of like, you know, fizzling in and out of existence. What happened here? Freddy offers a prayer. Yeah, I think Evie's kind of wigged out. She's like, this is weird. What exactly went on? Well, Louis being the expert detective that he is, rather than uh, gawking at it, walks up to <laughs> the... Uh, you got a problem, man. The, uh, <laughs> well, we gawk uh, at it. Is it. Am I able to access like where it's been severed? What do you mean by access? Like, is it, because since you said it's huge, like, did it split kind of close enough to the ground that I could just kind of climb and examine where it actually has been severed? Or is it, like, halfway up, and so it's like I'd have to climb it? 
It is halfway up, yeah. So you'd have to climb it. Oof. Well, I'm a galaxy's greatest detective, not the galaxy's greatest climber. So uh, <laughs> I guess I turn to uh, Tangerine, who I presume, you know, axes climbing, like they're kind of adjacent. You use <laughs> axes to climb sometimes. Hey, guess what? <laughs> I chose adhesive as part of my gear. Oh. Well, my expert detective skills. Knew that. They they serve me well once again. <laughs> my exercise feels when I rubbish through your luggage yeah. on our way here. I guess spider climb on myself and I climb up the tree. Um, you get up on top of the tree. It's not hollow, for sure. So you can like walk around on top of the tree. It's large enough. And here, the strange thing that you do notice is that the inside of the tree is blackened. Like, you can't see, like, the flesh, you can't see, like, the rings. It's all just black as if it's been charred. Uh, additionally, from up here, you can sort of notice um, two other rooms, and they have, like, you know, flashing neon signs as well. The one to your left says hangar, and the one to your right says the 2-2-B diner. It has a B on it. <laughs> if you have ever seen Jollibee, it's kind of like that. <laughs> It's a it's space Jollibee. So yeah, what do you guys do? What do you see up there? The inside of the tree is charred. Like it was burned in half? Could, would that be something that could be a result of the sun malfunctioning? It could be, yeah. I'm a mechanic and I know this, and I say that, and I say maybe there was a problem with the power supply or life support, and everyone just bailed. But it looks like everybody just disappeared. Yeah, they didn't take their ships with them. Maybe there's a problem with their life support, and then their lives became, you know, unsupported. And their bodies? As an extension of that. Yeah, the bodies. Well, there's a few more rooms. Maybe one of the Diwata around can tell us about this, and Freddy does a big stretch. You see his tummy a little. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Oh, is that your? <laughs> you weren't going to do anything about it. You were just going to show me your tummy. I was stretching. I was saying, let's move on. Um, <laughs> I got it. Uh, is the other half of the tree just on the ground and I don't have to climb? Yeah, you know, it's it's giant. So, like, if you get closer to the base of the tree, the one that, that's still on the ground, you can see, like, the other half of the tree is, like, charred similarly to the one on top. I have first a pitch of what I wanted a piece of equipment to be, and then I guess if I have that, what I could do after, which I wanted to have like a magnifying glass that just has like, it has like the one that's as normal, and then it just has like a bunch of pieces of glass that like slot in (laughs) front of it to enhance the zoom like over and over until it's kind of like a comical size of just like glass where you kind of would be like, why would you not just have, like, not this? But that's what I have. Yeah, you have that. Amazing. Uh, I was wondering if I could perhaps, I don't know if it would be a role or whatever, if I could investigate the actual charring and try and deduce the source rather than, like, the, you know, we're speculating sun or was it, like, cut through? Yeah, that would most likely be a role of Harley Girl. So you roll 1d10. And then if you have any traits that would add on to that, Add it as a, another D10. What can I do? Finding stuff. I'm good at spotting details, at finding things, at making sure no rock is unturned. All right. Yeah, definitely. Turn that's some perfect. rocks. So that's, you said there's two D10. They're just advantages, basically? Yeah, it's the advantage, basically. Um, that's a seven. 
All right. Yeah. That's a partial success. So, you know, you, you do the thing. You look into the charred base of the, of the tree. And the first thing you notice is that, um, you know, in your adventures as a Maharika and, you know, as mm-hmm. a detective. In that order. In that order. <laughs> you, would, uh, you would know, you know, what usual char, charred trees look like. Um, those affected by fire or like by high heat, at least. This was affected by high heat. There's something else mixed into it that you can't quite identify right now. Just so like there's like a it. weird pattern or something that makes it clear to me that it's not like a clean cut, but done by something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it actually kind of looks like, you know how like when cloth gets like frayed, it kind of looks like that. Oh, okay. Like there's that kind of pattern around the tree. Uh, I relay that loudly to Christian, which is my way of talking to the rest of the party and relaying that information. <laughs> hey, great work, Louie. All in a day's work for the greatest detective in the galaxy. Yeah, so that's helpful. Uh, we can kind of start anywhere. I'm realizing now that none of us can talk to the Diwata, right? Yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> uh, if anyone has any better ideas, it's fine. But I want to look at the diner. Let's do it. I want to hang upside down on the tree and like walk down nice. it, <laughs> but upside Damn. down because I'm a show off. Nice. Freddy takes a, a very cool picture of Tangerine because I think in his uh, social media life they get along. Damn, I really, I really hope there's nothing deadly on this ship because we're quite the rowdy bunch that I think would, except for Jillian, die to uh, <laughs> something. So, don't worry, guys. Combat's where I shine. <laughs> anyway, you do arrive at the diner. It's a nice diner. You know, there's booths and everything. Um, the chairs are like not the industrial kind, but like the really jo- jolly kind, like the joyful kind that has like hamburger decorations on them. <laughs> Cute. But there's, you know, it's stained and, you know, the steel is rusting. And um, you can see when you guys like walk in, um, you do notice little creatures. You, you can imagine like the, the Kodama from Princess Mononoke. They kind of look like that, but you know, with like white, with white glowing eyes. And then when they see you, sentient beings walking in you know they all tilt their heads to the side there you you notice that their bodies are like dark brown almost the color of rust or muddy water and then staring at you as you like walk closer to them they just they all like disappear as if you know they were never there in the beginning like they don't leave any traces behind found some ghosts for you this place gives me the creeps do we know what that is like in a what's the word any mythological sense like our greater common knowledge um those are you would all know that these those are diwata basically um those are dirt diwata dust diwata rust diwata all just hanging around um which which all diwata do they just hang around where they where they where they're born from one thing you do notice from the diner is a poster you know it's it's beaten down it's worn down and it showcases one of these like large robotic figures anyone who has the sdsk bagani baluti notice that it looks similar to that you know just a bit more rudimentary or crude not as polished or as sleek as your modern versions on top of that poster there is the word guardians here to protect 
Hey, Louie, those look kind of familiar. Yes, they certainly do. Hmm. It's not quite as shiny as the ones you and I have, but, uh... I guess this is uh, where it all started. Yes. Young girl, Evie, could I borrow you for a moment? Can you say please? I'll wait. Come on, just say it. Mechanic girl, could you please come lend me your aid? I am unable to decipher. Just please. She's a name, Louie. Evie, please. Evie sarcastically curtsies and strolls over to uh, Louie and Tangerine Wanda at the poster. What are we looking at here? Well, I was hoping that uh, your uh, insights granted by your modest profession would uh, be able to gleam something from what stands before us. Yeah, I see that it's um, it's the Balagi. Yeah. But it's older. Um, am I able to sort of like date this uh, model more precisely because I'm familiar with working on Mecha? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know that that Baluti over there is showcasing one of the first few runs of the Bagani before they had Diwata piloting them. How old would that be? I think it would be like a hundred years ago. Yeah, I, I lean in and examine the faded poster and I say, yeah, this is ancient. This is actually a, a pre-Dewadi model. Pilots are running the solo, baby. <laughs> wow. Could you imagine? It's, you know, like prehistoric. Freddy is like rummaging through the kitchen looking for some secret tutu B recipes and is like <laughs> flipping something in his hand and is like, huh, sounds like we could actually probably get some pretty cool parts for you guys. You know, stuff that they don't make anymore. Maybe Evie could overclock it or something. She seems really talented. Yeah, if they still have some gas mainline pieces around here, you can get really great turbo off them, but you need to do a little bit of modification to get it up to standard with the latest frames. But, I mean, give me a few hours, I can make it happen. Well, if we're here for resources, why don't we look for them in the hangar? If I recall, we're here to find out what happened, and everything else is tertiary. It's just dust Dewata staring you down. It's all we've seen so far. Yeah, and Louie, you never take a souvenir? He stares at his arm. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> Fre Freddy coughs like, uh, I'm calling your bullshit very subtly. We just, we should continue our investigations. This, this rickety mess could fall apart at any time. Yeah, I don't love spending time here. We should, we should make a quick job of it. Freddy, are you done stuffing your face in the kitchen or whatever? <laughs> He uh, pulls out a piece of paper and he's like, it's their peach mango recipe. <laughs> Stuffs it in his coat. All right. You got the peach mango recipe. Nice. nice. We got to get out of here before before I'm sure that there's going to be some type of military conflict over this recipe. So we should probably <laughs> get out of here. It's an international You don't know how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys get out of, of the diner. Now that you're back in the sort of the central hub of the station, where do you guys go? I think we should go to the hangar and see if there are any mecha there. The four of you make your way over to the hangar room. The The opening for the hangar room is much larger than, than the other rooms, of course, because they would be keeping their mecha within. 
when you walk in the first thing that you notice other than the echoing of your feet is that there are no mecha here in the hangar so that's one thing that you notice the other thing that you notice is a green person like more like green water in the shape of a human sitting by the steps that lead up to another room i think i'm the first one who walks in and i just i'm like so excited about the prospect of getting some like <laughs> salvage from these mecha that i don't even think about finding people on this station anymore so i just stop and i'm very loud and like oh shit <laughs> freddie puts a kind of like calming hand on your back that's kind of like let's be calm like let's not freak this thing out sorry i just was not were you expecting this no <laughs> Uh, but Freddy starts very slowly walking towards it. Uh, Louis is just like wide-eyed, so like enamored by this. Uh, he turns to Freddy and goes, "Your phone. Give me your phone." Shh. It you might scare it away. I need a photo. That for, for, this is a discovery. I need your phone. I need a photo. I I flip it over to you. I. Snap a couple pics and email them to myself and pass back. Okay, I, I think I'm getting pretty close to it. Once uh, Freddy gets close to the humanoid being, it turns to you and it just kind of smiles. Like a really sad smile, actually. It's like a wistful longing kind of smile. And then before you know it, he dissipates into a flurry of particles, of Diwa particles. By the way, the steps he was sitting on leads to the guardian room. We really should have taken a Diwa yeah. bell day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone should have been able to talk to them. <laughs> We're like Ghostbusters with no proton packs. We're just like <laughs> out here. How could we best determine like what kind of being this was or like what happened here? I mean, there's no mecha here, which is like weird. Does it look like anything has happened? Like the ships were still abandoned. Is this room as dusty? Are there signs of any activity here? You do notice that the things that are holding the mecha, the mecha stands, have been like opened. So that kind of tells you that there were mecha here before, but they were launched. Additionally, you, the four of you would know that that would be Adiwata. Right. Adiwata of what you're not sure entirely. Yeah, exactly. We haven't seen any um, algae to Wadi yet, so I don't know. Would there be any like computerized records of something like an operation of launching Mecha? Like, is there any terminal in the hangar? I'm picturing like all of the systems that like um, Ritsuko oversees in NGE, where she's like tracking all these yeah, levels yeah, yeah, yeah. of like the fluid and everything. Like, there's got to be some place where this information was centralized. Yeah, actually, the the steps that the the Wata was sitting on, it does kind of like T into like two rooms. So one goes into a guardian room. And then the one does go into like sort of like the control, you know, the control slide. Uh, once you get into there, most of the uh, terminals, the consoles, and all don't have power anymore. So they're all like collecting dust. I have a Comsa Sabwat, which is like there's like a I'm sure you know, but there's like a minor Duwata in it that can collect intel. So presumably I can communicate with that. So can 
Oh, damn. I could have been using that. Uh-huh. That's my bad. That's that's my bad, y'all. Yeah, don't worry. You can you can say that the Duwata only woke okay. up now. Nice. You know, cool. you, you had forgotten. It also seems fair that we could like garner a hypothesis that this is theoretically a way uh, that why there'd be all the shoes and like as if people just vanish into thin air, obviously. So I suppose that that's like a working in theory thing. What, you think they all got turned into Duwata? Louis doesn't know how that's possible, perhaps, but it's something that is obviously a quick way to rationalize it without, you know, really drawing that line in the sand. Is that something that can or does happen? Probably not to our knowledge. But that's the thing, you know? Intergalactic discovery. I've seen a lot of stuff. I power on my subwet and I don't know. It's like a sleepy glowing ball. Is that okay to say? Yeah, it, your your drone floats up. You know how like some like those electronic masks that has like electronic faces on them nice. that like thrut, pops up and it goes greetings. <gasps> Good morning, Freddy. How may I help you today? What name did you give your concept of what? I call it my little puto. Puto. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Freddy. Puto at your service. Because like, and then it like makes like a really happy face on its like electronic face. I pat him on the head. This is Eli's dream. This is my dream. <laughs> this is all I want. Puto, can you go and see if there's any other Diwata out there for you to make friends with? We want to know what happened here. We'll do. And then it kind of like closes down, closes down a bit. And then you can feel like uh, your fingertips get all fuzzy. And then it opens up again and goes, There is one living Dewata left in the guard room. Okay, Freddy, we'll start walking. Wait, what if we go in there and it just tries to fly away again? Good point. I guess maybe our best shot is to show it that we're here to help, put it to rest, and find out what happened. Thoughts? I concur. Fear is the enemy of discovery. Evie makes a good point. We can't afford to scare this one away. How do we be less intimidating? I could wait outside. (laughs) That would be less intimidating, yeah. Uh, Freddy's like, maybe we just put the axe in the... Any motions to your axe holster? (sighs) Tangerine does a really big sigh. Sticks it back on her back. (laughs) Let's just, you know what? We startled it last time. We're just going to go in calm, friendly, smiling, and uh, get it to tell us what the fuck's going on here. All right. Um, The first thing that you notice as you get out of the control panel area and move over to the guardian room is that the, the guardian room's, like, doorway is huge, right? Like, it's not made for humans. And you find there are still functioning uh, Diwa generators in here. So Diwa generators are kind of like, you know, the, the resource used to generate electricity and stuff like that. You can, you can feel the hum of the Diwa generators as you walk in. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you smell flowers immediately. The third thing is that you feel wind, fresh wind, as opposed to the stagnant air outside in the space station. And finally, the fourth thing that you notice is that other than the, the hall having this weird quality of having grass and foliage growing over it, over to the far side of the room are trees, like these huge trees, not as large as a mother tree, but they're these huge trees 
that are hollowed out and within them are these bagani looking figures you know they're as, they're even as tall as the SDSK bagani the you notice that there's like at least 10 of them arrayed on that far side of the room and that nine of them are broken in some way or another like their head has been caved in or like their arms have been destroyed ripped out of their circuitry the one in the middle though the 10th one still has a glowing eye glowing blue puto it kind of like it quirks up and it kind of like scans real quick the the figures that are inside the tree and it says scan complete these are sdg unit kawai versions of what would eventually become the sdsk bagan what do you guys do we should go investigate these mecha and figure out what's going on i start crossing the room and i'm like this is so weird i've never seen anything like this before how perceptible is this like glowing eye is that like only like you know really looking closely or is it like very clear from across this whole you know section that 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 is happening um you can you can notice it from across the room but it's kind of like it's kind of like just like glowing really passively as if it's breathing mm, okay now is the point maybe where freddy is like maybe now i should focus up um, pulls out his bow, maybe? I don't know, maybe I don't want to threaten it, but... Well, I'm reaching the, uh, the kawa on the other side of the room, and I want to see if I can understand, like, just, like, what happened here. Were they destroyed where they are? Are these, like, graves? Like, what uh-huh. is the significance of this place? Alright. You can see that the, the ones that are not moving within their, like, tree housings... They, they have like pipes and wires like connected to them so these aren't these are these probably aren't graves these are like um, where they're stored more or less you can tell that but it's it's um, like not heard of for there to be mecha that are so like organically infused like this is an unusual site right um, not exactly I mean it happens with other uh, mega units um but you know being left here like this is definitely something that doesn't happen um then i want to look at the one that still has power and see uh what i can learn about it all right uh, before we get to that what do um what do tangerine and Louie do i i mean this is kind of like a, a really old version of the same kind of mech that I have. Um, and I'm really curious about what it's like on the inside. Like, I want to get inside this thing. Right, if we were seeing posters for this um, Baluti, like with no Duwata, and now we're like seeing this kind of magical place where some of them do have Duwata. It's like, a, is, was this some kind of like testing where this was this like them trying to like get the diwata in the baluti like i i have a lot of questions so i want to get inside the robot all right so you'd be up there with evie yeah right? mm-hmm. all right how about louis uh louis uh is wanting to investigate whichever one probably the one that you mentioned that has its head kind of somewhat crushed to see if there's any tool marks, weapon marks, something that can be uh, deduced and traced to, you know, whether it was 
something blunt, something sharp, another um, uh, like balloody or what what it could have been, or if it was you know I don't know a section falling on top of it, whatever it was, to to try and see what uh, what history you can garner from looking at them. Most of them look like they were casualties of like falling debris and destroyed like from something that might have happened um, in the long past. Um, there's at least one that has like a decapitated head that looks like it's been chopped by a sword of a mecha. But other than that, they're victims of something that happened in the past. It seems odd, maybe not though. It seems odd that they're all like kind of in their respective, I guess, stations. Yeah, it makes me think that someone came in and like killed them while they were sleeping. But yeah, because it's like there's also like signs of battle or struggle perhaps, but they're all, you know, safely where they're supposed to be rather than, you know, anywhere else on the ship or anywhere else, you know, that we would expect them to be. They're all kind of here. How about uh, Freddy? What is Freddy doing? Uh, I think Freddy is wary. He's not fully getting into the mechs, uh, but he's sort of on alert. You know, checking if anybody comes in, checking if the Diwata like shows itself in a more material or like bodily form. I guess he's 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 ready. All right, cool. Evie and Tangerine, since you're the closest to the one living, it stops its passive breathing of blue light and becomes like a solid hard light, and it turns to look at the two of you, and it goes, "Living humans." Identify yourself. Tangerine Wanda, SDSK, Maharlika. Evie Ramos, Kamsa Maharlika, at your service? Its eyes turn red. It is not safe outside here in the space station. The missiles explode in the space beyond. And then it like, it raises a hand and it starts fizzing with blue light. Um, He fires something at the space where you were but that both of you managed to like jump out of the way and that space looks like it's been completely like charred up sort of kind of similar to the charring that you see that you saw on the mother tree as that happens the self-defense mechanisms of your mecha kick in and they fly in from outside space station into the hangar and then as they're like you know sliding across the ground their hatches open up their cockpits open up and they take you and they put you inside um you would have to roll initiative but right now it doesn't matter since you guys kind of have initiative the first round of combat starts with the activation phase you choose which one of you moves first like among the four of you so who who want to who wants to go first amongst you me with my giant axe all right go ahead Jillian. the important thing about the activation phase is that it's where you move if you want to move you can move a number of spaces or squares equal to your uh baluti's speed if i remember correctly mm-hmm. all right so would you like to move this activation phase yeah i'm a melee fighter so i need to get pretty close to this thing if i want to use all my cool stuff but it has horrible lasers, <laughs> so <laughs> I will hide behind something, I guess, on my way there. All right, who who activates next? Evie, cause she was right beside me. Yeah, I think our best bet is to start flanking this thing. We don't know how it's gonna move. We don't know what capabilities it has. Um, who activates next? Uh, I think that 
Louie is like the closest and would be the first uh, besides us to notice what's going on. Okay. Uh, is there anything in terms of having to be concerned about destroying this space and being sucked into the endless vacuum of space and dying? Um, no, you're pretty deep into the space station. Okay, great. Uh, I'd like to I like to take a little bit of cover there. Uh, I have a missile launcher that has 15 reach, which seems, I think, enough there. Yep, that reaches, definitely. Okay, so for attack rolls it is? Uh, you roll a d20, and then you basically try to roll over their their evade, or you know, their AC. Um, but you'll do that later during the action phase. Okay. I guess the last activation is Pandan. Pandan, I think, was like kind of already ready with his bow, but then switches uh, to activate dog program. So another drone with some other dessert name. Muffin. Muffin. So I deploy Muffin and uh, follows my every command. So I guess he, the command is attack right now. All right. Um, during the upkeep phase, which comes after action phase, you may move that drone six spaces. And then he, he starts lumbering forwards towards you, uh, uttering out, it is dangerous in the station. It is dangerous in the station. No kidding. All right, and then action phase starts. Uh, Tangerine, as you burst into action, describe your mechas for us. Yeah, so from my understanding, these are kind of like person-shaped mechs. My my mech is called XYZ because I have a thing about axes. The plural of axis is axes. Um, and I thought it was a clever joke. Uh, and it's got like a big ray axe, so I'm hoping that I will eventually get close enough to be able to chop this thing up like some fresh wood. Alright. How close can I get to this thing? <laughs> you can actually boost, you can fire up your thrusters and move um, equal to your speed plus two, so you can move up to six spaces. And then during an action phase, you can choose two actions, so you can actually boost up to his face and attack him. I want to get out my ray axe. So yeah, go go ahead and roll your ray axe. You swing your ray axe. It kind of like, it does that lightsaber thing where it like hums in the air as you swing it. So you're going to want to roll 1d20, add one of your mecha skills, which is coordination. 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 So I have plus one coordination. Mm, not great, that's an eight. An eight. It sees your ray axe coming, and it kind of like ejects this like holographic shield that like bumps the the axe away, and then it just closes it back in. Cool. The ray axe has the secure tag, which I believe does one damage even on a miss. That's right. Yep. You can you can see that there is some fraying on the on the arm that you hit, um, and it repeats the words: "The space station is not safe." The space station is dangerous. You're the danger, sir. So uh, it's his turn now. It turns to you and like tries to blast you with a quick flash of that burning blue light. It'll roll against your evade. What's your evade? 10. He rolls a 19. Ouch. He deals four material damage to you. Does it matter like material or ener energy damage? Some like a game that can give you like uh, resistance against material and energy damage and stuff like that. 
All right, go Evie. Evie pilots a mech called Black Spark. You know, she's the mechanic and she takes a big pride in the appearance of her mech. Um, It's a support mech. It has like a lot of useful mechanical gadgets and gizmos. It's also equipped with a nice big honking mech pistol for when she needs to get it out of scrapes. And it has a cool matte black finish with like delicate uh, yellow accents. Yeah, I want to set up for a maneuver on my next turn. So I think now I am just going to boost. There's an Agimet I want to use in the next upkeep phase, but until then, I think I'm just going to try to get it off of uh, XYZ by attacking it with my mech pistol, which has a reach of 5, which I think should be okay. Yep, it is. Go ahead. Uh, For a ranged weapon, is that still with coordination? Yes, it is still with coordination. That's That's a raw 17, though, baby. That's a hit. How much damage? The mech pistol deals three material damage. It tries to raise its hand to block your pistol's bullet, but then it ricochets off of its um, its uh, armor. There's a dent in it now. Some paint has been scraped off. Some uh, uh, some moss flies out from the hit. I uh, show up on comms and I'm like, yeah, this guy's not so tough. Let's do it. And the next would be him. He he looks at the wound that you gave it, and then looks up at you, raises its hand, and fires another one of those um, hand lasers and this is against your evade he rolled a one so he doesn't hit how do you evade this uh, black spark maneuverability is one of my like plus one mecha skills so i do think black spark is very light and nimble and i think as soon as i take the shot with my mech pistol it's just part of one fluid motion to kind of crouch and make myself small and, and pull away from where i know the shot's gonna be this guy's you know he's big but he's also old and he's probably pretty slow all right next is nami yeah, so Louie pilots Nami, which is a SDSK Pagani. Perhaps being the, I guess, the antithesis of Eevee, uh, <laughs> not, no flash. Uh, it's a plain gray, like the stock steel color. And uh, and I, I, this may prove not the best decision for this combat, but uh, Louie only really put in... Like uh, there's a healing system, speed system, all like maneuverability and survivability. And then through reluctance eventually added uh, a missile launcher, which in this particular instance is not going to help much because missile launchers have splash damage and would very much hit XYZ now in the position uh, uh, of melee range. Nami's gonna move next to XYZ putting himself somewhat in the line of fire, but being in close proximity to, to lend aid in the upkeep phase. All right, uh, Pandan. Freddy has like a bit of an idol influencery type personality, very flashy. So Pandan sort of mimics that. It's like, uh, as you can imagine, like a Pandan leaf color. So it's green and it's covered in st- Stickers or like of uh, what's it called? His sponsors, mm-hmm. yeah, which typically tend to be like cafes, like space Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> You're really running out of desserts. <laughs> and he's got this very like you know when idols have like a very angelic persona. So his bow it kind of looks like this like heavenly harp. That's perfect. That's so good. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what does Pandan do? Pandan was going to shoot with the bow of gods and muses, uh, which wow. is just a cool laser bow. Right, that's your Gahum system. So Gahum system can only be used like once per rest, basically. Um, it's kind of like you over overcharging your mech systems and using the Gahum. Gahum is Bisaya for power. 
um, using the gahum to like it's basically just spiritual ults basically cool so yeah freddy fires this laser i guess i'll roll to see if it hits once you activate this you can own it it only goes off on your next action phase because you're charging the bow got it okay so it's 14 yeah that's that's a hit so it will hit but it hasn't yet yeah it'll on the next on the next turn okay so we move into upkeep phase same thing this upkeep phase is more similar to activation phase than action phase so all you guys move first and then he moves after you guys so xyz on upkeep phase what do you do um if you have any agimat that activates on the upkeep phase you can use it now I guess I will stride. You can't stride if you've stride in the upkeep phase. Okay. So I'm just like ready to fight, ready to move when I'm allowed to do that. So I don't think there's anything in the upkeep phase that I can actually do. All right. Black Spark. I am going to uh, activate my support Agimat, which is magic medicine healing. It's a burst heal. And because I have the the trait of the Albulario is uh, shaping area of effects. So I'm going to heal XYZ and make sure that none of those precious, precious ST are restored to this baddie. So you restore two ST. All right, that's perfect. That's what the Albulario was made for. So you kind of like raise your, raise your, um, your Agimat starts shooting out Diwa particles that start stitching together XYZ's mecha. Nice. Yeah, it's such a cool Baluti. I really like it. Next is Nami. Uh, I'm going to use Magnetium's Grace, which is in the upkeep phase, I can choose a mecha within reach, so I'm glad that uh, Jillian opted to not leave, so that their next attack is plus one Suerte. God bless. Perfect. So Suerte is basically advantage. So you roll 2d20. Yeah. Pandan. Uh, Pandan can finally shoot. Shoot that bow. So deals 10 uh, energy damage if it hits and pushes the target 1d4 spaces. Was 10 damage? It's uh, it's like a lance of lightning. All right, uh, roll 1d4 and see how many spaces it moves back. Three. Three, all right, that's a lot. It goes one, two, and stops here. It slams against that foliage-covered stone, frayed at its shoulder. And you can see like the spirit circuitry, like little tendrils of light, kind of like reaching out and um, not finding any other tendrils of Diwa. For his upkeep phase, it doesn't do anything. He he actually like stares at the wound that he has. His 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 solid red light on his on his eye kind of like wavers just a bit. All of you can see it is more or less close to you know getting destroyed. Well, not destroyed, but like out of commission. And with that knowledge, we move into another activation phase. X Y Z. I think I can I can get here. Which isn't quite behind it, but I'll take it. So this is an activation phase, so I can move and attack, correct? Yep, you're all striding. All right, who moves next? I mean, Black Spark, so they had a plan, so I still choose you. Right, so the positioning's not too great, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, I'm going to move closer to it, and then I'm going to use my oil road and... uh, start sliming up the joint behind me, creating a slick area that you will not be able to escape from eventually. Okay, uh, choose who will go next. Evie's definitely fangirling. Also, she just saw the idol of Atanara use his like signature bow of the muses, and she's like, oh my god, I, I love it when he uses the bow. Nice shot, Freddy. Go for it. 
and I want uh, I want Freddy to go next. Thanks, Evie. Can't attack yet, so I will use my uh, movement system, which is the Lupang Lacas Neuro system, mm-hmm. um, and it lets you stride at, if you if you stride at least three spaces before you attack, you add plus two to the next damage you deal. So I have a movement speed of six, so I'm gonna move six spaces. Nami. I guess uh, after seeing some crazy lasers, Naomi takes slight cover in an adjacent moldy section that's fallen apart. Uses his expert detective skills to deduce whether uh, we'll live and uh, retreats. Okay, um, on his up you phase, still repeating that, that same line as if a mantra. He starts moving forward towards uh, Nami. Um, XYZ, that does trigger your Overwatch. So you can actually attack it as it moves past you. Okay, cool. And you have one swear there, if I remember correctly. So you roll 2d20 and then take the higher. Okay, I'm basically taking like an attack of opportunity um, mm-hmm. with my Ray Axe as it tries to escape me. Oh, okay. Well... I knocked over a lot of things, but one of those was a 16, plus one, I guess, for CRD. That's a hit. How much damage? Oh, a lot. So the Rayax does three energy damage, but my um, Collagio trait, it, I have a Violencer spirit in my mat called Clementine, and that gives me Hunt of Aswang. Which means if the enemy is alone and there's no one next to it except for me, I get an additional plus two damage. That's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. That's five damage. Your your axe kind of rips through his like moss-covered arm exoskeleton. And you can see more spirit circuitry just underneath his um his armor. Action phase begins. XYZ, what do you do? Okay, so I just did this big cool like swing thing. Uh, I like swung my axe around the the head of my mech and slammed into this thing. And then I think with the other hand, I just want to pull out my pistol because that has Mm -hmm. a reach of five and try that. And that is a nine. Nine does not hit, unfortunately. He like moves a bit to the side as your axe's um, energy rays kind of like burn into his exoskeleton. And that makes him dodge the, uh, the bullet. Uh, Black Spark. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, uh, we're doing okay in this fight. I'm just going to uh, go for it with my mech pistol again. Go ahead. That's a 15. That's a hit. You actually shoot it like in one of its eye uh, holsters. You see the light kind of like crack spiderweb. All right, Pandan. Uh, I'm going to hope that Muffin can also attack. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to throw my knife of the wind. Go ahead. If it's accurate, you get one suerte. Cool. Uh, it is accurate. She's got 20! 20. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, you throw the knife of the wind. It uh, whips out of a holster from your from your mech, and it like it bites against the the exoskeleton of the guardian. It actually falls to one knee, and then it like with still red eyes, it like it looks at Nami. Nami, what do you do? Being an expert detective, intergalactically known for my perception and my uh, abilities, uh, Louis is quite capable of noticing that this is a golden opportunity. 
and the two rectangular boxes on his shoulders open like Venetian blinds, revealing two large missile launchers, and he slams the big red button inside of his, his, his mech and launches all of them at once at the face of this thing. Like a detective would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you roll with, uh, you roll with Suerte, because he is weakened. Nice. Uh, 15. All right, that's a hit. How does your attack put the Guardian out of commission? I like to think that because it seems to be quite resilient, the missiles themselves, yes, they cause damage, but I'd say that a stray one somehow through sheer luck makes its way into like the inside past whatever like the chassis has been and you can kind of hear it like ricocheting around inside, perhaps comically before it presumably explodes in the more inner uh, portion that obviously is meant to be protected and is vital. It it stops, it freezes, and then it fizzles once. And then it its arms go slack, as if its entire body can't move anymore, but its head still can. It kind of looks around, its, its red light has turned blue, and it's sending out SOS signals. Um, and it says, Mayday, save our souls. Kawa 7, in danger. Kawa 7, in danger. Is there anyone there to answer our calls? SDSK, SDSK. So it's like repeating this old distress signal. Yes, um, it, it's, it's an old recorded tune, basically. But it's not repeating it. It's activating it like for the first time, it seems. Oh, then I think that we should lie and we should pretend to be like the response team and we should figure out what happened by being like... This is SDSK response. What's happening at your location? I like it. All right. So the four, do the four of you get out of your mecha or do you stay in them? Uh, I'm, I'm not getting out. Yeah, now. if we think this is uh, safe, I'll get out. I think I want to stay in the mech. Like it is an S- SDSK build. Um, so if it requires proof. So I, I think I'll I'll put it, I, I will put all my weapons away <laughs> and just like stand in a ready pose. Evie and Freddy approach the guardian on it on on their feet um it freezes when it sees the two of you there's like a flicker in their light when it like uh, looks up it sees both the bagani the sdsk it does like a quick zoom, zoom scan and it goes sdsk confirmed and then as it says sdsk confirmed a hatchet somewhere near it's like where we would have our collarbones it like it just slides open and then out comes this blue shining orb looking more like a crystal ball and within you can see funnily enough like an entire like sky and grass and people running around and it says SDSK confirmed SDG unit Kavo 7 speaking please keep them safe they're inside the orb? guardian unit Kavo 7 has performed its duties a BA attack from Baknawa Armasa has made the space station too dangerous to stay in. As a last-ditch effort attempt, we have performed a powerful spiritual miracle. We have trapped the residents of Hudyat Namwakas within a spirit ball. SDSK, they cannot be brought out. They must live in their idyllic lives until the spirit ball falls and fails. Keep them safe, SDSK. 
forced to live in a simulation. I gasp and grab Freddy's hand, teasing a romance for later in the season. Uh, <laughs> then I step forward and I grab this spirit ball full of like a hundred people who have been living in like fantasy sleep for a century. When you take it out of the socket, it looks at the four of you and it goes, Cowell Seven thanks you from the depths of my soul. Cowell Seven has finished his duty. And then its blue light dissipates into Diwa. Um, for a last glimpse, you see that same sort of liquid blue guy that you saw earlier. You see him sitting on top of the Cowell Seven's head. And then th- his smile is happier now, just a bit happier. And then he stands up and then he leaps into the sky and he <sighs> dissipates into the spirit. I turn back to Freddy and I look up to Louie and Tangerine in their uh, Bagani and I just go, job well done. We found the living people. A miraculous discovery. This guy was holding the line for him for who knows how long. And he kind of pats the decommissioned mech and says, great job, buddy. No kidding. Look, you can see them dancing in here. Should Do we need to bring these people somewhere? I mean, it's SDSK property and they might have the techs who'd be able to help decay the orb and get these people uh, out. Yeah, maybe we should bring it to a shaman or... Anyway, it's kind of a happy ending, right? Like they didn't die. They're right here. Do you want to see? On that note... Um... You know the scene kind of like wipes, and then you guys are back in your in your trader ship. You are heading, you're beginning your hyperdrive um, uh, shoot back into SDSK space. Um, Halmista, the SDSK broker that uh, gave you the mission, kind of asks you what happened, and when you report to her that there is a spirit orb, her eyes kind of blink, and then she looks behind her. She says something you can't hear. And then she looks to you and she says, Maharlika, you have done a great job. Your, pay- your payments have been wired, but you must bring the spirit orb as fast as possible to SDSK property. Yes, ma'am. We don't want this ghost football. <laughs> <laughs> the camera kind of pans out as, the, um, as your trader class ship opens up it's like light speed drive and then it zooms off into the void we hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of many realms fun fact we recorded this episode very early in the morning because toronto canada and the philippines are 13 hours apart that's how much we love mecha stories if you're new to many realms We are an actual play podcast that specializes in short, exciting campaigns and one-shots exploring many genres and systems. We release fully transcribed episodes every two weeks, and we're starting a brand new Monster Hearts campaign very soon. Follow us online at The Realms Cast, and if you like this episode, tell a friend. If you want to be your own Maharlika, the Kickstarter ends February 18th, 2021. Wax, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, once again, I'm Wax, Joaquin uh, Saavedra. You can find me in Twitter as Liquor Canini, almost anywhere as Liquor Canini. Cool. Why don't you tell us more about Our Shores? The Our Shores Kickstarter uh, not only 
has Maharlika, but it has Navathams and which is a cool fan- tower fantasy game uh, by Sin, also known as Devata of Manila, who is also from the Philippines, and Capitalites, where you play as toxic Asians in an Asian city made by Babylon Sam from Malaysia. Um, all three really great games um, and are like really good like symbols of the what we're doing here in Southeast Asia in RPG SEA. Um, in addition to that, there's actually also zines from different parts of the SEA, uh, from the Philippines, from Malaysia, from Indonesia. So if you really want to support the little like uh, space that's, that's uh, growing here in Southeast Asia for RPGs, um, that Kickstarter is a great way to do so because we can't actually access Kickstarter here in the Philippines. We need like uh, someone in the States to do it for us. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. That's all for now. Bye.